Okay, a very warm welcome to those who are joining us online. So great to have you listening to this podcast. We pray you be blessed and encouraged. Church, can we say a big welcome to those who are watching and listening online? That clap kind of sucked. If we're going to clap, let's clap. Come on, let's really welcome those. We have people... I know for a fact that we have people watching us in India. So hello, India. Uh, there we, we have uh, other people can watch us in London and different other places. So again, let's give us the our uh, best welcome. We'll talk about giving our best uh, today, no doubt. Genesis chapter 1, we're doing our starting point series. And this is the part three, final part of uh, this three-part series. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. We obviously in part one talked about we're made in his image. We've, we've gone through that. Part two, we've talked uh, about being made uh, uh, for dominion and under, uh, understanding that. We looked at that last week. But this week, we are looking at being fruitful. We are to be fruitful and multiply. We're to be fruitful and multiply. So now to be fruitful and to multiply means simply this. It really means to be productive and increase in number. So, of course, really, it's saying we are created. You and I are created to grow and to reproduce. Sounds fun. Come on, somebody. We are created to grow and reproduce. God designed us that way. And, of course, at its basic level here in Genesis, when it's talking about fill the earth and subdue it, really, it's talking about, to be honest, it's just talking at its basic level, it's talking about making babies. Just saying. Just saying, it's talking about uh, uh, making babies. That's why I love that creation sort of uh, story. I don't know whether you've heard this before, but uh, that, that there's, a, there's a story that goes where, where when God had done with all the creation stuff and he called Adam to himself and he said, Adam, I need to teach you some things. I need you, uh, I need you to understand some things. I need to teach you some things. And so, so uh, Adam's like, go for it, God. I, I'm, I'm ready to, to, to receive what you have for me. And he, he said, well, well, Adam, the first thing I'm going to teach you, I, I want you to go and find Eve wherever she is and I want you to give her a hug. I want you to give her a hug. And, 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 God, and Adam goes, uh, God, what's a hug? What's a hug? And so God explains to him what a hug is. And he says, oh, that sounds very, very nice. And so uh, anyway, off he goes. And he's gone for about half an hour. But when he comes back, he's, he's, he's got a big smile on his, uh, his face. And God's like, how was that? And he's like, oh, that was very nice. Thank you. And then God said to Adam, well, now I, I want to teach you uh, uh, how to, I want you to go actually, uh, Adam, and give Eve a kiss. And Adam goes, well, God, what's a kiss? And uh, then God says, well, he explains it, what a kiss is and or whatever. And Adam's like, well, that sounds, you know, pretty good and uh, exciting. And he says, you go and find Eve and you, you go and give her that kiss. And so he disappears for about three quarters of an hour, 45 minutes. He has <laughs> a long kiss. Come on, somebody. Uh, I mean, it was just, and, 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 but in three quarters of an hour, he comes back, even bigger smile on his face. God's like, hey, how was it? He's like, whoa, come on. That was, that, that was really, really good. And said, well, God says now. The third thing I want you to do, I want you to go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. And he says, 
well, God, what does be fruitful and multiply mean? And God explained the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and all that type of thing and explained it to him. And he says, now you go and find Eve and go and be fruitful and multiply. And so, so he goes to find Eve and then God's shocked because he comes back immediately. And God's like, what, what's up? And he, Adam says to God, God, what's a headache? <laughs> Come on, somebody. And some of the men are still trying to figure out what's a headache. Come on. Come on, come on. But, yeah, you know, that's just how, that, that's just how the, the story, how it is. Now, over time, men have figured out how to overcome this. There was a, a guy who walked into his room where his wife was sitting, and he had two Panadol and a glass of water with him. And she said, what's that for? It's for your headache. She said, I don't have a headache. And he went, come on, somebody. Come on. I just helped you out there, right there. And But... Uh, again, man is still trying to figure out all of that kind, uh, kind of things. And by the way, in April, I think it's 4th or 5th of April, we have a sexologist. Everybody say a sexologist if you feel okay. <laughs> no, don't do it. Just, some of you can't even say it in church, can you? But, but we're actually bringing Australia's top Christian sexologist here to, to Kapiti. I know some of you are wanting to write that date down. Shana's right, right, immediately write that. Uh, <laughs> write that, write that down. But, but, but uh, uh, again, you dress in style, girl. Shana, stand up, stand up. She, she dressed in style. What a great, cl- oh, hey, hey, what's it? Yeah, come on, yeah. That's how we do it. You, you know how to dress in style, girl. Yeah, so, 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 so again, we're, we're going to be bringing this, because, uh, you know, relationships, all that, figuring out, and all this gender-crazed world that we live in. And so we're bringing in one of Australia's top experts to speak about and ask those tough questions and talk about that stuff. So don't miss those uh, dates, and we'll, of course, let you know about that as it uh, comes. April 5th through 7th, uh, we have that person coming and so we are to be fruitful and multiply. When we talk about being fruitful, what is it? When we talk about, what's the, what's the definition? To be fruitful is to be fertile, to be high-yielding, to be abundant, prolific, bounteous, productive, constructive. That's what fruitful means in its definition. Uh, definition. That's, that, that's what it means in its definition. Let's just be clear. This is my third service today. You've got you to gotta help me out here. here. But that is the nature of fruit, isn't it? When you think about it, I mean, some of you just go, I just eat fruit. I just eat fruit. That's all, all I do. But, but if you think about fruit and every piece of fruit, there is what? Seed. Every piece of fruit that's out there, there is seed. And the, uh, a little while back last year, we ate a rock melon, I think it was, and Anita took the seed from that rock melon, and uh, while it was still wet, she took it and she threw it on our back uh, fence, and of course the sun came on it and dried all the seeds out, and as the seeds dried, they dropped into the ground, and as they dropped into the ground, now all we've got all these rock melon trees uh, growing up, and now that is the nature of fruit, it, it reproduces. And see, here's the thing a, a, a tree may produce a hundred pieces of fruit, but in every piece of that fruit is a hundred or a thousand trees. So you've got to understand within the, within the, the, the seed itself is, 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 is life. Within the seed itself, there is life. One of my favorite quotes when it comes to the subject. Of fruitfulness is, is this. It's by Vance Harvard. It says, Christ never thought of a relationship to him that does not issue or flow forth in fruitfulness for him. 
He's never thought about that kind of a relationship. Our relationship with God should always be one that produces fruit. In fact, according to Jesus, you and I are anointed and appointed to bear fruit. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you. In another version, it says, I ordained you. You've got to understand your ordained ministers here today. He ordained you so that you might what? Ordained for what? That you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit that will remain. See, you are called. I want to tell you, you are called. You are mandated to live a life that is fruitful. I want to tell you today that you are not designed to maintain. You are not made to maintain. You are not made to maintain status quo. You are not designed for that. See, I want you to know here today, follower of Christ, we are not called just to be faithful. We are called to be fruitful. There are a lot of people out there as Christians, right? I'm just faithful, I'm just faithful. But we are called to be fruitful. We, we are called to be ones who produce and mandated to be ones who produce Fruit, and, and don't get me wrong, faithful is good. But I want to tell you, fruitful is better. I love what the great Bible teacher John R. W. Stott said. He said, the disciple of Jesus should resemble a fruit tree, not a Christmas tree. Can I hear a good amen? In other words, Christmas trees look nice, but they don't produce anything. They don't produce anything. There's, there's no fruit. They don't, they don't grow. And we're called to grow. Someone said this, when we stop growing, we stop living and we start existing. You see, it's so easy in life to be busy. I don't know if you've found this. It's so easy in life to be busy but not effective. Maybe you feel like that. You're, you're busy but not effective. It's so easy to be busy and not effective. Like a, like a rocking horse that has motion but no progress. Just, oh man, we're getting no, nowhere. I want to tell you today, you are made to produce and reproduce, to be productive, to see growth and expand. Good place to say amen. Right there. In fact, in John chapter 15, there is almost a whole chapter where our lives are compared to the, to the branches of a vine. And I don't have time to go into it in detail, but it talks about the fact that but our lives are like branches and God is the vine keeper. And it talks about how he prunes the branches of our lives. He cuts back. In other words, he cuts back. In fact, it even says he cuts off the branches that bear no fruit. The branches of our lives that bear no fruit. And then he prunes the branches of our lives that do bear fruit. Sometimes we're going through life and we're feeling like, man, man, things are, man, I'm being cut here. I'm being pruned there. God, why am I going through this? Understand, we've got to be ready to receive God's cutting and God's uh, pruning in our lives. For His desire is not that you stay the same, but that you would grow. My desire is for you that at the beginning of 2019, you, you, you might be one place, but by the time you get to the end of 2019, you're going, I have grown. I have become more fruitful than what I was in the beginning. Somebody say amen. That's my heart. That's my, my desire. The God, the vine keeper, he prunes, he, he cuts. Why? That we might be even more effective, even more fruitful. 
You can see it all over the scripture. Again, you can see it in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. You know the story. The master comes to his three servants and to one servant, he gives him five talents. To another servant, he gives him two talents. To the third servant, he gives him one talent. We know that the servant who had five turned the five into ten. Ten talents. The servant who had two turned the two into four. To the one who had one, what did he do with his talent? He buried it, the Bible says. He buried it. He did nothing with it. I want to tell you, some of you are buried stuff you need to resurrect. Some of you are buried stuff and dreams and stuff that God could possibly use if you just put, oh, I don't know if God could ever do, but I want to tell you, there's stuff that's buried. Come on. That maybe God would have you expand and grow and be fruitful. And see, here's what happened when the master returned. Uh, he, he came to the first servant and said, what, what have you done with the talent I gave you? He said, you, Master, you gave, me, you gave me five and I've turned it into ten. And what did the master do? He said this. He said these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Because I've seen you be faithful in a little, I'll now give you much. And he gave him control. And another version of the same parable talks about he gave him rulership over dominion over many cities. Because he'd been faithful with a little. Then to the, to, to the second one, he comes and says, what have you done with the talents I gave you? To the one who had two, he says, I turned it into four. I doubled that investment. I took it and I doubled it. And, and the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Because I've seen you be faithful in little. I'll give you some cities to have dominion over. And then he came to the third one, the one who had buried it. Now listen, think about it. He'd done nothing wrong. He just took it. He didn't steal it. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't make it disappear. He just took what he had, but he did nothing with it. He, he buried it. And what did the master say? The master said, you wicked servant. You wicked servant. You, you've ta- you, you, could, you could have done that. You could have grown this. You could have, you could have taken it. It wasn't like, well, that's okay. You've just, you know, it was a bit too stressful. No, no, it was like you, you wicked servant. And if you know the story, it goes like this. Then, then Jesus said, take the one. Take from the one who has one, who did nothing with it, and give it to the one who took five and made it into ten. It's not very politically correct. I'm just saying Jesus wasn't very, I mean, so you know, you should give it. Help that guy out. No, he's not a socialist. You've got to understand. He, he was like, no, no, take, take from that one and give it. Oh, no, that's not PC. Sorry about that. But, but it's just how it is. Jesus, Jesus did that. He gave it to to. To, to that person. Friends, I want to tell you, what in your lives are fives that need to be turned into tens? Come on. What, what, what are you carrying in your life now that's a two that could be a four? What, are you, what, what, what have you got in your life? What, what in your life have you, you buried and that God could possibly uh, uh, use that you need to pull out of the cupboard? You've put it in the drawer. You've been, it's time to pull it out and allow God to expand. And come on, the preacher's preaching good today. You need to expand and bring it into something, something new. This year, what's your five that could be a 10? What's your two that could be a four? What's the thing that you need to pull out? Where can you excel? Where can you grow? Where can you influence? Where can you make a difference? Where uh, that perhaps you aren't doing right now? Where can, where can you excel in an era? Where can you go the extra mile? I mean, that whole saying, the extra mile, we, we know it's from the Bible itself, isn't it? It's, it's from the Bible. Gee, it's one line in the Bible, but it's a powerful 
line. We're reminded of the fact that in Jesus' time, the Romans were ruling. They built roads. They marked the roads with mile markers. That's where we, we get even that saying from. And in those days, if a Roman soldier wanted to force you to carry all their military gear, if they wanted to force you to carry their kit, they were allowed to do it. By Roman law, they were allowed to tell you, you carry this one mile. You carry, and you can put it down after one mile, and they can get somebody else to carry it. But you had to get, by law, you had to carry it one mile. And Jesus said this in Matthew 5, verse 41, just one line. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. So someone asks you to go with one mile, in other words, be an extra mile Christian. Be an extra mile follower of Jesus. See, see, we're not called to be average. We're not called to just, well, just do the right thing. I mean, everybody, lots of people are doing the right thing. No, we're called to take, do that little bit extra. In fact, that's what, pe- pe- when people ask the question, you would have heard it. What's the difference between extraordinary and ordinary? Well, the difference is the extra. Come on. It's the extra. We need to be ones who would be extra mile, who would go that little bit further, who would go that extra mile. You know, my granddaughter, she, she, um, she was at the other service. Actually, she was in worship. She comes to worship at all the services because she likes to uh, do her things. But if you, if you will notice her, she's usually carrying around one of these. I've got to make sure she's not here because she did pop into the last service. She carries around a Mr. Piggy. Everyone say, hello, Mr. Piggy. I'm not going to do a puppet show. Don't worry. But kind of cute, right? Kind of uh, cute. What she doesn't know is we actually have two of these. Two of these, so she loses one. We have got a backup, uh, Mr. Piggy. But wherever she goes, she has Mr. Piggy. She loves Mr. Piggy. If she loses Mr. Piggy, she gets really upset. I mean, she, she will get mad. She will, uh, she will cry because she wants Mr. Piggy. And knowing how much she loves this, I, I heard a story uh, this, this week about a, a, a hotel where uh, a Mr. Piggy was left behind where this child had left uh, their Mr. Piggy, whatever that was for them, in the hotel. It was in the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, and, and the, the parents of the kid, they were flying back, suddenly at the airport or on the plane, whatever, they suddenly realized Mr. Piggy is gone. Mr. Piggy has been left at the hotel. So they're freaking out. The kid's freaking out. All of the, And so they've got to do something uh, uh, to do it. So, of course, they rang up the hotel and said, Mr. Look, we've left Mr. Piggy there. Can you get Mr. Piggy back to us? And, of course, if, if just any ordinary hotel, they would do that. What would they, They'd immediately go up to the room. I left my earphones in a hotel in Auckland just last year. They immediately went up, got them. Yes, we have them, and sent them to me. That's what the ordinary hotel would do, but not the Ritz-Carlton. They took it a step further. They didn't just send the piggy back. That would be the right thing to do and the ordinary thing to do, but they're not an ordinary hotel. And so what they did is they took Mr. Piggy, whatever that was for uh, that person, and they took photos of Mr. Piggy by the pool on a, uh, on a deck chair, just sitting, having a relax. So I could, they took pictures of Mr. Piggy, uh, you know, on the golf course, on a golf cart, you know, rolling around. They took pictures of Mr. Piggy with all the other lost toys, having a little uh, dinner at the hotel, and many other pictures like that. Uh, to, and again, in other words, they went the extra mile. How many know they're always going to go back to that hotel? How many know that? 
they've, they've, because of that extra mile kind of thinking, uh, for that kid, that's, that, that kid is going to remember that. And that story now is in many, many books all over the world. Because why? Because of the extra. So I want to tell you, you're not just called to do the ordinary. You're not just called to do what everyone else is doing. We're called to go be an extra mile Christian. Tap your neighbor and say, I think the preacher's talking to you. Come on. Come on, come on. Really? So I'm saying to you today, we're to be people who give our very best in whatever area it is. We have influence and in wherever it is that we find that God has put us, we are to be ones who give our very best. And I can say that I can see that in and just uh, uh, Pastor Aaron, who, uh, you, you know, he was in the last uh, service. He's only actually just come back from Spain. He's been in Spain and Italy on a tough assignment, as it is, you know, when you go to Spain and Italy. But his company, he works for a corporate company, he joined it about a year ago. And he joined this company. It's a, thing, a company that's all over the world doing whatever it is. That they do. I don't even understand what it is. That he do, that he he does, <laughs> that he does, you know. But whatever I, what I do know is that he's excellent at it. How do I know that? Because just last week in Spain, in Barcelona, he, in front of all his colleagues, won the rookie of the year for that company. And so, come on, that's a, that's pretty cool. Now, just so you know, only three of those are given out worldwide. Uh, in the year, and he was chosen out of 2,200 uh, people across the world. That, there's Aaron taking his five and making it ten, taking his two and making it four, not keeping stuff buried, but using the very best that he can to make a difference in the world. What's your five? What's your two that you can bring and expand and become more fruitful in your life? Someone said this, and I, I love this. It says, the biggest room in the world is room for improvement. Can I hear a good amen? Is the room for improvement. And really the challenges for us today is we can all do better in 2019. We can all be better in 2019. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says this, whatever you do, Whatever you do, I, I don't know whatever it is that you are doing. I don't, I don't know what areas of influence. I don't know what areas where, where, where you are having impact. I don't, I don't know everybody's job. I don't know what everybody's part in life plays. But I do know the Scripture says, whatever it is, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you give yourself to, whatever it is that you spend time doing, Whatever you do, it says work at it with your whole being. Oh, friends, it's sad sometimes when I've, I've had people over the years say, yes, yeah, I, I won't hire Christian employees because they're lazy. Oh, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. That's a good place to say, yeah, no, that shouldn't be. No, I mean, it's like, no, Pastor, that shouldn't be. I won't do that because they're, like, friends, I want to tell you, if you're a follower of Christ, we need to be given the best that we can possibly, possibly give. Whatever you do, work at it with your whole being. And, and it says, listen, I mean, I, I mean, we've all done it, probably not in this service, but in the other services. 
you know, we've been at work or something or when we should have been working and suddenly the boss will come in and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we suddenly energize right up because we're doing it for men. But the Bible says, whatever you do, work at it with your whole being for the Lord and not for men, not for your employee. Do your very best as if it was for God. Wherever it is that God has placed you, I want to challenge you today to be fruitful, to be ones who believe the best and do the best and believe for growth and believe to expand. I want to say to you today, if you're a, if you're a business person, why not believe that this year would be the most fruitful year you've ever had? Why not believe, come on somebody, for, uh, for expansion and for growth? If you're an employee, why not, why not work to help your company be the best it can be by being the best employee they've ever had and corporately as a as a church in 2019 why, why don't we work hard to make a difference here locally and in our nation and in the world in other words I'm challenging us to be not just a faithful people but a fruitful people to be ones who steward and grow the increase of all that God has placed in your hand and in your life for His glory and for His honor. Not for your glory and your honor, for His glory and for His honor. In 2019, why don't we ask the Lord to make our, our lives a glory, glory to Him, a menace to the devil, a strength to your church and a witness to the world. Let's have an impact on whatever it is that God has placed us in. Would you stand for a moment? Just bow your heads. Maybe you're here today and you're realizing that, man, there's stuff that I've buried. That maybe God, I mean, there's stuff that the Master has given to me. Maybe, maybe even directions, maybe even vision, maybe even... Uh, something on a to-do list that God's saying, I need you to sort that out, but you've buried it. You've buried it. You've not done anything with that that God want, has put into your life. Well, today we're going to pray a prayer all together that just, just says, look, look, He's going to do something new in that area. Maybe today you've got things and you know there are five, but you need to make it a seven. You've got things that are two, but you need to make it a three. You know there are areas that you need to step up into. Maybe, maybe for others, you know, at work or at play or wherever it is, you've not been given your very best. You've not been given your very best. You've been, you've been giving something sort of half-hearted, not whole-hearted. And you know today, it's like, I need to step it up. I need to serve, not unto man, but I need to serve whatever I'm doing in my job and whatever capacity or area of influence it is. I need to give my very best as unto the Lord. And maybe for others, you're, like I say, your business owners or your, and maybe you've had a hard year or maybe you've, you know, last year wasn't, it didn't work out how it is, but I want to tell you, this is a new year. This is a new day. This is a new time. And why not? believe for God's greatest year of fruitfulness yet. So why don't we stretch out our hands. And I thank you, God, for every person under the sound of my voice. Father God, as followers of Christ, we thank you for the fact that we can stand here today as your sons and daughters made in your image. 
again, with the authority to be overcomers because of the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. Father God, that we're today, we, we, you've given us that responsibility that we are able to give a response for our lives. And so today, we just, in this moment, we do not want to maintain the status quo. We don't want to be at the end of the 2019 what we were at the beginning of 2019. We want to take five and turn it into ten. We want to take two and come on somebody and turn it into four. We want to take that which is buried and bring it out and use it for your glory. And so God, in this place, over every life, over every situation, you know whatever it is that people are doing. We pray that from this day forth that we, we would see fruit fruit that would remain. We pray for multiplication. We pray for growth. We pray for every business person here, that their business would be blessed, that their business would prosper, that they would know a new grace for every person in a position of authority, God. We pray, Father God, you would use them, Father God, to turn whatever organization it is they work for into the very best it can be. For every employee here today, Father God, help us to be the very best employee in whatever it is that you you have us do. If we're at school and getting ready to go back, we pray that we'd be the best student. We'd do our best and that God would do the rest. Father, help us. Help us to be a fruitful people in 2019. This we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Keep your heads bowed, eyes closed just for a moment. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, even while the service has been going on and we've been singing about this, you go, what is it? I, I sense something is going on in my heart. I, I, can, I, I can sense that God is in this place. If you're here today and you, you just know, even, even now as I'm speaking, you know your heart's beating faster, or whatever, that you need to get right with God in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity. The Bible says that God knocks on the door of our heart and if we'd open that door, He will come in. And maybe today He's knocking on the door of your heart. Even as the Word has been preached, you've sensed that I need to get my life right with God. There's stuff that's out of order that needs to get in order. My friend, you might say, well, Pastor, you don't know how bad I am, but this is what you've got to remember. The gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. The Bible is called the good book, not because the people in it were good, but because the God in it was good. And so you've got to understand, we, we, we need to surrender our lives to Him. Do you need to surrender your life and give your life to Him today? In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that allows us to do that. If you're here today and you go, oh, pastor, that's me. Can you include me in that prayer? I need to get right with God today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you and you want to be included in that prayer, just where you're standing, would you put your hand up right now and say, that's saying, Pastor, I want to be included in that prayer. You know you need to get right with God here today. Is there anybody here? I want to finish the service without giving people an opportunity. Is there anybody who needs to get right? Nice and high in the air so I can see it. Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? You know you need to get right with God. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Slip those hands down. 
just want to ask before we move on, if you knew you should have put your hand up, but you didn't for whatever reason, you think, oh, I can't be there, but you know you should. Can you just put your hand up right now and just say, that's me. Should have done it. Anybody else? Don't want to, don't want to miss anybody out here today. Thank you. Thank you, Janet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I give my life to you. I turn from my sin and ask you to come live in my heart. Be my Savior and my Lord. I turn from my sin to follow you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. In Jesus' name.